Welcome to the Seacoast Vineyard Church podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and we invite you to enjoy this message from God's Word. Uh, I got to tell you, as, as, uh, as I sat down to, to begin writing this message two weeks ago, uh, nothing that had happened in the last two weeks had happened, and I'm thinking, oh yeah, we did, we just had the birthday party, and we're going to talk about hope, and this is going to be awesome, and then, you know, things happen, and, and, and you turn on the news, and you go, wow, um, if ever there was a reason uh, to talk about hope, I think right now is the time when when the church really needs to talk about this, and then uh, Hurricane Matthew, which uh, at first didn't look like it was headed anywhere near us, and then of course uh, ended up kind of barreling into us pretty well right here. And got some things that I'm not sure we expected, and uh, and again I thought, man, what a what a perfect time to begin a series on hope because when these things happen, what's really exposed to us? What's really exposed when, when things are just out of control and they're crazy and it's stuff like weather and things is, I think what's exposed to us is just our, our vulnerability. That, that we, we have things that we really have no control over. And it's in those times when we start to question, you know, really what, what can I hope in? What, what is a good reason to have hope. And sometimes it's, it's something like, like a hurricane, you know, something that even though you know eventually it'll pass, that it's difficult, but sometimes it's a much longer thing. Sometimes it's something in your life like you have a, a friend or a child maybe or even a spouse that is just so off the rails. They're just in such a bad place and you don't know what to hope for anymore and sometimes it's it's bigger and bigger problems maybe maybe you've been devastated by the loss of a job maybe your whole life is is in question right now because you don't have a paycheck coming in maybe you're sitting and you're watching the last flames of your marriage and you're hoping that the fire just doesn't go out and at times like that it's it takes a lot to talk about hope. It takes a lot to talk about hope. I would even say who dares have hope in these kind of situations. And uh, some of you it may know, it, you know, there's a, uh, written a long time ago, Dante's Inferno. And, and there's a famous quote in it, the sign that hangs above the entrance to hell, the place where there is no hope. And it says, abandon all hope. I think we have that. Abandon all hope. Ye who enter here. And that really is what hell feels like, is a place without hope. I, I was looking and I found there's a, a playwright, George Bernard Shaw, a famous American playwright, and he wrote a, a play called Don Juan in Hell. And um, one of the characters in the play is a statue that talks to some of the people. And this statue is talking to a, a recent arrival, a young woman who's recently come to hell. And he says to her this. He says, no, 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 my child. Do not pray. If you do, you will throw away the main advantage of this place. Written over the gate here are the words, Leave every hope behind, ye who enter. Only think what a relief that is. 
For what is hope? A form of moral responsibility. Here, there is no hope, and consequently no duty, no work, nothing to be gained by praying, nothing to be lost by doing what you like. Hell, in short, is a place where you have nothing to do but amuse yourself. And you know, I come from a generation... And some of us come from a generation where we have watched all hope, all expectation just be devoured by a growing cynicism. And where there used to be places where we could pull for hope, it just seems now everyone is so cynical and, and everything looks so bleak. And so how dare, how dare we speak about hope in a time like this, and, and I, I dare say that, that part of this generation has kind of resigned itself to this, to this kind of mantra. The less I care, the happier I am. That's a pretty easy place to go, isn't it? So if that's your t-shirt this morning, then man, this series is going to be for you. Because we are going to dive straight into what Jesus has to say to us, what the gospel has to say to us when our optimism breaks down, when we're grasping for understanding, when our vulnerability is right in front of us. Jesus, I think, has a a lot to say to us. So I want to read a scripture here in the moment, but um, let's pray. Lord, it's times like this when... We need your joy. We need your comfort, Lord. And indeed, we need your hope. Indeed, we need your your hope. And so, uh, Lord, I just ask that your your presence comes, that that Holy Spirit, that you're here with us as we delve into this, and that that you do give us reason to hope and, and help us to see the cause, Lord, that what you have to say for this world, Lord, is so much different so different than than any other way we can look at it lord and so i ask that you bless the reading of your word this morning bless those who will hear and 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 lord cause my words to be instructive that that they are your words lord this morning in jesus name amen so the scripture we're going to be in this morning is in the book of romans it's in chapter 15 if you uh, want to look that up or click to it or however you get to it but we'll put it up here on the screen and it says may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit what a beautiful beautiful little benediction this is um, from a letter to the church in Rome that Paul wrote at a time when the church was just not getting along very well they'd been uh, an early generation of people who had come to Christ right right after the crucifixion, and then there was a, a later generation. And what had happened was, is the people who had been attending the church for the longest time and coming, you know, at every meeting, and they were there all the time, had to leave Rome. They were ordered out of the government. They still had Jewish heritage, and the government said, you got to go. And when they're finally allowed back in, this other group of newer Christians has kind of taken over the church and started running it. So 
I don't know, if I had to sum it up, pretend like the 8.30 service just had to go away for a while, and you come back in 20 years, and the youth group has taken over, repainted the inside of the church neon green, and things are just being done differently. And they're like, whoa, 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 what happened here? What happened here? And Paul writes to them and he says, listen, I I have some, some instructions for you because if we can't learn to keep the main thing, the main thing, this isn't going to go well. And so it's out of this. And, and this actual, the letter of Romans actually is full. It's, it's a theological handbook. If you, if you ever want to know just the basics of what it means to follow Jesus Christ, the, the book of Romans is perfect. It is full of all kinds of great stuff. It starts in the beginning talking about how and why we were separated from God. We were literally at war with God. And then how Jesus came to the earth and what he did about that and how he made it possible for us to be reconciled to God. It's like what the church should do. It's all the good stuff. It's all the really good stuff. So if you never sat down and like flipped through the book of Romans, I I, I would encourage you uh, to do that. But as you get toward the end of the book in this chapter 15, Paul is teaching along and, and this beautiful prayer just comes out this may the god of hope fill you and and it's just kind of like a whoa it's like like right in the middle of all these teachings he says guys i've been telling you everything but i i just i'm just gonna pray for you i'm just gonna pray for you it's the best thing i can think of to do and so this prayer starts with may the god of hope fill you and so in your handout this morning you have a place where you can uh, fill in uh, some things so it keeps me on track and keeps us all on track here. And the first one is this. The God of hope is hope. The God of hope is hope. I don't know about you guys, but I'm really excited because next week, my favorite TV show, The Walking Dead, returns. Okay, I'm a huge Walking Dead fan, and I don't know if you watch it, but if you do, I mean, it's standard horror stuff, right? Things are bad, 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 and you, you, you understand like something bad is really about to happen, and you can't help. I get suckered in every time, like, no, no, please, I hope it's not. And, and like, so when they come back, I, I hope it's not Maggie that gets whacked by Negan. I, I just, you know, but, but you can't help but hope, and that hope is for an outcome, certainly, because of what you want to happen. But that hope, if you really examine it, that hope is like an attitude. That's something you carry within you. I am one of those root for the underdog kind of people. I am one of those people that I always want to see the right thing happen for the right reasons. I want to see good triumph. I want to see evil defeated. And this passage says, may the God of hope fill you. See, the God of means the God who has power over. The God who has power over hope. That's the God I want to know. I want to know who is the God that has power over hope. And what's, what's even more is he doesn't just have power over hope. He has power over something that's not an ordinary hope. If we were to read this, this benediction in the Greek, it says, the God of the power. Like, Maybe there's, or the God of the hope. There's other hopes 
maybe. But this is the hope. This is the be-all, end-all hope. And so I want to know who that God is that has power over this extra special hope. And if you go up above, Paul in the letter is trying to feed it to us a little at a time. And he gives us clues like uh, the Gentiles' hope will, will come from one who's from the root of Jesse. And, and if you don't know what that means, Paul, Paul says it in a letter to Timothy. He just comes right out and says exactly what he's been trying to say. He says, God our Savior and Christ Jesus our hope. God, our Savior, and Christ Jesus, our hope. And and Paul doesn't write this as, you know, the God of our best outcome. May the God of the best way that this could turn out fill you. Because he's not talking about our circumstances. The God of hope has little to do with our immediate circumstances. And there's all sorts of examples in Scripture. In the book of Acts, if you're a young man named Stephen... And you're being stoned to death by a bunch of of Jewish anti-Christ followers. As you're dying, what do you have hope for? Because we can see what would change Stephen's circumstance, but what would change Stephen's life? And if you go over to the book of John, if you're a naked woman who's just been caught cheating on her husband, literally drug out of the bed, out into the street, and preparing to be stoned to death. What do you have hope in? Because again, we can see what would change her circumstance. But what would change her life? If you're the young man in this picture, over on the, on the far right there, His name's Ilya. Ilya was diagnosed with a disease called neurofibromatosis, type 2. It's a disease that causes benign tumors to grow all throughout your nervous system. And the tumors increase in size until eventually you are robbed of your ability to see, your ability to hear, your ability to move, until finally... It kills you. There's no cure for this disease. And the only way to treat it is massive doses of chemotherapy. They only work on one part of that disease at a time. And so he's had to choose, do I treat my optic nerve or do I treat my auditory nerve? And what reason does Ilya have to hope? Again, I can see what would change his circumstance, but what's going to change his life? And we all have a vulnerability because, you know, at the end of the day, we've all got a diagnosis too, right? Uh, There's 100% chance of fatality with being human. None of us are getting out of here alive. And so we have to understand that if hope is life, Jesus is really our only possible hope. In John 10.10, it says, I have come that may, may have life and have it to the full. Not a life of good circumstances, not a life of reliable function. The life he's talking about is a life of eternity, a life that transcends everything that goes on in these circumstances. That 
can change your circumstances, but it certainly changes your life. Paul goes on in the blessing and he says, Fill you with all joy and peace. Your second fill-in is hope is joy and peace. Hope is something that I believe can be practically experienced. Hope is something that can be practically experienced. If it's the God of hope and that can be experienced, then we can experience Jesus Christ. We can experience the kingdom of God in ourselves at the time. And it looks kind of like that. This. That young man, Ilya, as I read through his story, he said this. He said, without God, I wouldn't have the hope that I do now. And I wouldn't be able to lay all of my worries on him and hear him tell me that everything is going to be okay. I know that without that kind of reassurance, I would not be able to handle day-to-day life without constantly wondering and worrying. If you go down and you read more about this young man, it goes on to say that while they were interviewing him on, on this website, over the period of a week, they watched him serve countless families. And that's exactly what he was doing in that picture. He was preparing dinner for a family with them and being a great source of hope to them. If that isn't joy and peace, I don't know. But can, do you see where his joy and his peace come from? It's, it says, just as Paul says, in, in the beginning of this benediction, it says, as you trust in him. Ilya says, if I couldn't lay my worries on God, he doesn't have confidence in God changing his circumstance. He knows that he can lay his worries on God. He can trust God. And so when you, when you read, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace As you trust in him, it's like this cycle that as we trust, he fills us. And as he fills us, we have more reason to trust. And it just keeps going in that direction. Trusting is an ongoing thing. It's not a one-time thing. It's not a, okay, Jesus, you got this. I'll be back in a few years. It is an ongoing commitment and it's an ongoing commitment from him as well. Because as we trust him, he fills us with all the joy and the peace. The third one is this. Your third fill in is the spirit energizes hope. It says, and and this is almost like a whole second benediction. That Paul writes, it says, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I realize some of you are sitting and you're saying, well, that's nice, Brian. <laughs> that's nice. But let's, let's be real. When it's bad, it's really bad. And if I could just go, well, I need to have more hope. That's, that's easier said than done. That's much easier said than done, right? And, and that's really at the, at the root of what we're talking about. The nature of hopelessness says, let's be real, man. There's no way out of this. And so, God knows that. And even though it seems like fuzzy math, 
even though it seems like I don't understand how I trust him. He fills me with joy and peace, and yet I overflow in hope. What? Joy and peace go in, hope comes out. It's only through the Holy Spirit that we're empowered for this. Don Williams, who is uh, a vineyard pastor, a senior vineyard pastor, and uh, he also teaches uh, for Vineyard Institute. Uh, Wonderful, wonderful teacher. But I was uh, listening to him the other day, and he started talking about an event that happened to him and, and radically changed his life. Uh, when he started to follow Jesus in the in the early 70s. And he said he was talking to a friend of his, and his friend said, man, you just need some Holy Spirit. And Don was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> that, that didn't fall in his definition of how God worked. That was, you know, kind of that kooky, spooky, weird stuff that uh, we sometimes are, are afraid to go near. And so then he writes this. He says, Alone, I prayed out loud. The urge engulfed me to praise God. I spoke this out and joy exploded within me. My love for Jesus was inflamed and poured out for me with tears and laughter. The ecstasy, and that's what it was, increased until English was no longer able to express my feelings. Suddenly, it was as if God gave me a tool for praise And I babbled my joy in incoherent syllables. The language flowed. And as I spoke deliriously, I thought with my rational mind how foolish and stupid this was. I was so glad to be alone. Nevertheless, it was wonderful, liberating, releasing. For perhaps the first time, I was really worshiping the Lord with joy unspeakable. The Holy Spirit radically radically changes us. Our ideas of hope and joy and peace cannot be the same again once we encounter Christ Jesus, once we encounter the Holy Spirit. And and I don't think it's this sort of experience that God intends for, for the world to see but I'm quite certain that the church of Jesus Christ is meant to overflow with this. This is meant to touch all parts of our lives. And Paul says, this is how you become my witnesses in the world. When you overflow with hope, when your life has been so radically altered that you overflow with hope, What if you're that person to someone else? What if you are inspiring hope in someone even today? What if you're that disciple of Jesus that comes back to a world like the, like the Jewish Roman Christians that comes back to a world that they don't know, that they don't recognize anymore. And they say, okay, things changed, but God hasn't changed. Christ hasn't changed. 
keep the main thing the main thing. And that's what we hope in. That's the source and the strength and the place of our hope. Before we pray, Jesus Christ changed my life. And he can change yours too. And the first time I heard that, the first time I heard someone say those words, Jesus Christ changed my life and he can change yours too, I understood what hope meant. Let's pray. Lord, thank goodness that you work within our understanding, Lord, but you don't have our perspective. Thank you that your perspective is eternal. Or that, it's, that, that, that your ways are different than our ways. And Lord, it's for that reason that, that, that it's your kingdom that offers hope. When we can't see the way, Lord. When we're mired in what's going on in our lives. When we're mired in our circumstances, we're reminded that, Lord, it is that this, this will not only pass, but it's it's mist it's vapor that there is eternity to go and so this morning if 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 you need to add trust in him if you need to build that trust in him this morning if you would just stand we want to pray with you we should all be standing <laughs> This morning, I'm standing. I need to trust in him more. This world needs the hope that Jesus has right now. And if we can stand, I want us to, to do something. Can we read this together? And if, you're, if you need to read this to yourself this morning, great. But if you, if you want to turn to somebody and read this to them, even better. We can put that scripture up on the screen. Here we go. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I just thank you, Lord, that that we can boldly pray that to one another, that you can pray that over us, Lord, and that, that it gives us cause and reason to hope. And as we delve into your joy and into your hope and into your peace over the next coming weeks, Lord, Lord, give us stories. Give us people in our lives that, that we can overflow on, Lord, that we can cause to have hope. So Lord, I thank you for what you've done and for what you will do. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thanks for listening to the Seacoast Vineyard Podcast. You can learn more about us and access a video archive of our messages by visiting seacoastvineyard.com. If you feel led to support us financially through a one-time or recurring gift, please click on the Give tab at our website or download the PushPay app on your smartphone and search for Seacoast Vineyard Church.